mate, I'm here. I, <laughs> my apologies, people. I was talking the whole time, but I hadn't started the podcast. I hadn't started. I was like having a full conversation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the, I hadn't started. <laughs> I hadn't started. <laughs> We are here. I'd 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 already been talking. I, I had been having a full conversation about it, you know. So, um, about this whole fight, I've been talking for like five minutes straight. You know, I I did the whole introduction, everything. Um, how are you guys? I'm, I'm glad to have you all, Ian. I'm sorry to see that you're having a bad day, but I'm glad that you're here. Um, sorry guys, <laughs> new way. I'm so sorry, my friend. Uh, Derpy says fabulous. Eli Clutch says fab. Mate, good good that I can. Tune in live this time. I'm glad, man. I'm I'm glad that you're here. Um, so yeah, now we I guess what I was saying, we were talking inevitably we're going to talk about um the Connor versus Poirier fight. You know, inevitably we're going to talk about that. Um, so right now, I guess, you know, we can kick off with that, I suppose. Um so yeah, man, I I was saying earlier, like it was hard to pinpoint exactly where that break occurred like how when in the fight and i was saying it's you know fighting's dynamic and it's it's chaotic you know it does it was i find it hard to believe that you had not not like i'm not saying the kind of didn't have problems with his with his ankle or not but i'm saying i find it hard to believe that you would have had a stress fracture you know all through camp and get cleared medically, especially with, with how much money he has and how much money that would mean, you know? So I find that one hard to believe. And I find it hard to believe that even if it was undiagnosed, that a stress fracture of that nature all through training camp and the nature of the sport as well, um, that you wouldn't have put your foot down, twisted, kicked, etc., and made it through the whole training camp. I find that that one a little bit, um, yeah, I I find that one a little bit difficult to believe. Um, not that he's lying. I'm just saying I, I I don't think that that's accurate. It's hard to pinpoint exactly where it happened with um with Poirier. I don't think it was in any one occasion. I think it was probably more a cumulative effect of different shots, maybe landing on the elbow, maybe landing on the knee. Um, it's not a technique that Connor throws a lot of. The, the leg kicks and even in the other fight that you've seen him probably throw the most leg kicks which was the nate diaz fight and nate ate a lot of those kicks like he didn't come out and check him on that um he didn't he still came out like with with sore legs from you know kicking nate's legs um so yeah it's that that's pretty interesting um michael descent but i don't want to take away from from dustin either because dustin did a really really good job like his shoulder roll was on point and Connor's always going to have problems with southpaws um, that can box, like Nate and Dustin, because the shoulders in the the shoulders in that way when you go um, when you go when you go um, southpaw to southpaw, you know, there's an ability to shoulder roll uh, and 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 lift your lift that shoulder up, um, which then creates the avenue for that check hook or or hook over the top. That both Nate and um, and Dustin like to throw. So that was really impressive, man. The way he, you know, the way he did, that. and then the takedowns, obviously, and his ground and pound, really, really nice. Um, Michael DeSantis says, "Hello, Coach Fab. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing great, wonderfully, fantastic. I am, sir." Fitzy says, "Do you think that was 
that it was the kick that appeared to brush Dustin's elbow. It's hard to say, man. It's really, really hard to say because it 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 looked to me like that break occurred at the distal, at the the distal being the, the furthest point from the body of the tibia and fibula, and he definitely broke the tibia and the fibula. It's been confirmed. So he, I don't think so. It didn't look like that's where it landed, nor did it land on the hardest part of the arm, which is just below the the elbow. I I I tend to think this is just me. I tend to think that that trauma occurred during the leg kicks that, you know, just in, uh, I think it was just one of those moments, bullshit moves where he kicked something. Um, Dustin might've checked it. He kicked the elbow, you know, a, a combination of those things. That's what I think from, just from looking at it. Beetlejuice says, Hey, Fabskin, looking forward to the recap. You always have a great neutral perspective. How is it possible keeping it neutral and not leaning a certain way? I mean, I lean, I lean ways sometimes, you know what I mean? I just try and be objective. Like I, I can, I can, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be neutral. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to give a, a I guess an objective perspective. I think neutral would mean that I don't have a bias either way, because I do have my own bias and anyone that says they don't is kind of lying. But I, I think that I just try and be objective about it. You know, just try and say like what, what the facts are. And um, I think that when you look at Connor's past fights and when you look at he's had two in, in that division, like in, in lightweight, and I'll count Nate Diaz's fights as lightweights because he fought at welterweight, but Nate Diaz was a lightweight at the time. Um, and it was a southpaw and it was a, a boxing southpaw. Even when he threw those leg kicks at Nate, he still hurt his leg then, you know? So he, he's, he hasn't really done a, a great deal as a as a lightweight. Like I mean, he won the title, and that's fantastic. And it was an amazing performance against Eddie Alvarez, and so that that was really cool. You know, and he had a great performance against Cerrone. But I think against Cerrone, that was he, he was he, he was destined to win that fight. Um, I think that he he really struggles with those southpaw those other southpaw boxes. His his whole game is built upon, and this is not a criticism. This is just an observation. And when I say this, he does this very, very well. His game is built on his ability to fight orthodox fighters with that lead left hand that he does as his main tool. Um, and he likes to either corral you in there with a spinning back kick or um, so that you go, you turn the other way and he can, he can hit you with a lead left hand or he opens up the panel so that you scoot to his right and he punches across himself with that, with a lead left hand. But... When he does that to a southpaw that can show and shoulder roll because the shoulder's in between, the the right shoulder is now in between the lead left hand and the the counter. The my shoulder now from southpaw is in between your lead left hand and my chin. The guy's shoulder rolling can come through with a check hook, and that's what happens with Poirier and um, thing and that creates and Nate Diaz and that created a lot of problems. Um, one thing that Connor did well, and I actually called this before the fight, um, he switched from southpaw to orthodox and threw that front kick down the middle. That was interesting that he did that. It was interesting that he attacked Dustin's, Dustin's body, which not enough people do. But the way that he did that is very, very important because that front kick, and he throws it really well, 
is more effective when you're at opposing stances. Not it's not as effective southpaw to southpaw or orthodox to orthodox. It's effective from orthodox to southpaw more so. Um, Hanoi Triple says, "Do you think, given the shocking leg injury, that boxing is the only combat sport in Connor's future now?" I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I really think that it it a, a lot of that has got more to do with what Connor wants to do because I mean he's young, he's healthy, he's fit, he's got all the money in the world to to rehab correctly, and he is a talented and fantastic fighter. So it's really up to him. Um, Peter just says, "Do you know what roughly Connor and Dustin made for the fight? I think it was something something like." Dustin got a million plus pay-per-view and Connor got 20 million, something like that. That's what they that's what they're talking about. But I don't know if that's true. Marshall Smarter says Kavanaugh described the teeth that hit the bottom of the elbow. That would be a weird angle and force transfer for bone on bone. It could have been. I mean, it could have been, you know what I mean? Um it might have been that that it might have been that kick, you know what I mean? Uh I don't think it would have been a Teep kick though it was more like of a of a traditional front snap kick which would then create more of the snapping motion uh, against the elbow whereas a teep is kind of like pushing you off a little bit which i don't think would create the kinetic energy to to break the the tibia and the fibula you know but even then even then like with a front snap kick for you to snap your tibia against the radius or against the the elbow I find it hard to like with with, with just that front kick like that. I, I don't know. I don't know. You can you can break it, but it, yeah, I, I don't know. It might that might have been the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't know. Street Heat says Connor five million a show and twenty millions for pay per view, and Dustin one million a show and not sure on his pay per view. Well, there you go. Um, nickname says those breaks can occur due to pre existing micro uh, fractures. Could have been in training. Could have been the running he did prior. Yeah, I mean, that those speculations. Yeah, could be anything. But um, who knows? You know what I mean? Who knows? But he, at the end of the day, like when you're in there, you can't take away from Dustin. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like it wasn't like a light fell from the sky and hit Connor, and that would have been like a freak accident of that nature. When you're in there and you're fighting and you're throwing leg kicks and dudes are checking them and you're you're hitting bone on bone, if you break something, you're done. If you punch someone and you break your hands and you have to fight the rest of the fight with broken hands and you get your ass beat, you lose. You know, so it that that's the game. But um again, like I said to you, if you have those those stress fractures already, like I said earlier. It's hard. I find it hard to believe that he would get through the whole screening process, especially with what he has available to him, and that he got through the training camp without anything else happening. You know, especially the nature of the training that you're doing. Travis O'Halloran says, "Agree with you for sure. I think it was a matter of all the kicks he threw adding up, then the last kick to the elbows and the pivot broke it." I think so man if if i had to guess you know what i mean if i had to guess um and there may well have been pre-existing injuries or whatever but i do find it hard to believe that he came in with a stress fracture of that nature to that point 
JTJT says, hey there, Fab. Happy lockdown. Thank you, sir. Happy lockdown to you. Um, Travis O'Halloran says, seemed he was throwing every kick hard and not really setting them up. That's the thing. That's what's interesting with MMA. People throw a lot of the leg kicks with crazy-ass impunity, you know? And people talk about it, like they talk about the calf kick, for instance, and they talk about, um, you don't see it used in Muay Thai, you don't see it, blah, blah, blah. And like, you do see the odd calf kick or something here and there in kickboxing and, and, and Muay Thai, but the problem is that the guys that are receiving the kick are much better, much, much more versed at checking kicks, you know? So... As guys get better in MMA at checking kicks and understanding kicks, you know, you're going to probably see a few more leg breaks before you see better setups than that. This isn't a criticism on the fight. It's just a part of the game, you know, because you got you have wrestlers coming through or jiu-jitsu guys that have never had to properly check kicks. So the guy that throws a calf kick can throw a naked calf kick. They can People are coming out throwing calf kick leads. Bang! And ending fights with it and doing a great job, but they're not throwing them up against kickboxers. Um, so you see the guys that throw it. Like if you watch a K1 match, the dudes know how to set up those kicks. You don't, you still see breaks in K1 and that, but for the amount of kicking that they're doing and the kind of people that are kicking, you don't see them as much as you would think. Um, and a lot of that's got to do, or, or Muay Thai for, for that matter. And a lot of that's got to do with the fact of how you're setting up the kicks. So you're setting up, you know, you're very, very careful in setting up the punches and throwing the punches so you can set that, so, so you can throw the kicks, you know, where you've got the person with their weight planted or you've got them moving back where they haven't got an ability to lift their leg or their legs is not, you know, you, you're able to set it up, you know, if, or the person's heavy on that lead leg and you're able to kick it once you've finished with the combinations. A lot of the times these guys um, are throwing like, you know, working their kinetic energy off a left hook and then throwing the right the the right kick to, to the leg, you know, or vice versa if you're southpaw. Um and not it's not and the the angle of the kick's a little bit different, you know, like uh yeah, so it the leg kicking and kicking in general and checking kicks is a whole other ball game, man. You get kicked properly by dudes that can kick and the the biggest thing is like getting knocked out. You don't see the punch coming. A guy that can kick your leg well, you don't see the kick coming. They they throw the they throw that kick like fucking good and you don't see it. So you don't get a chance to kick. You don't get a chance to check, but you also you're off balance and you don't you're not you can't check the kick. You know, so yeah. Um Beetlejuice says, sorry, you're correct. Objective, not neutral. Yeah, you go with the facts. I appreciate that, Beetlejuice. I really appreciate um, you seeing that. Hanoi Tripper says, if you take calcium tablets and drink milk, can that help prevent such breaks or is it bad for the calcification in the arteries? I don't know how much calcium and milk you're thinking of drinking. I don't think um, that that problem for Connor was a nutritional one. Man, the other thing people don't get is like the angle in which you hit stuff is 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 um matters you know matters huge if you have a broadsword and you slash another you go broadsword to broadsword and you hit like blade blade on blade the swords hold but if one of those swords hit flat side to blade the one that hit flat is going to break 
And so when you're throwing leg kicks and you're throwing all that stuff, it only takes you to be off a little bit on one of your angles. And that can create the, the, those cracks. You know, it doesn't take much, especially if you're not, if you're, if you're chopping down into your leg kicks, like if you're throwing like that left hook and chopping down with your, with your right kick, it's more likely you're going to hit the blade, even if the person checks, right? And less chance of you hurting. But if you're throwing kind of up how some of these guys are throwing the calf kick, which is not wrong, but you're throwing it up, there's more chance if that person checks of you hitting the flat against the blade and your leg's going to snap. Um, so a lot of those little things are very important. Michael DeSensor says, Coach Fab, for an example, hold on one second, just reminded me. Um, Okay, sorry, man. Um, Coach Fab, for an example, if a fighter breaks their nose, how long does that take them to recover from that injury? It just depends how bad the 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 nose break is. The nose breaks are pretty bad because, like, the the septum can be deviated. Like, it can be all out here, so your breathing's all fucked up. You might have to get surgery, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it just depends, man. It depends. Or you can just like, if you break just here and you just separate like the cartilage and that, nothing, like a few weeks. But um, yeah, that, that can be quite complex. And a lot of the times a bad nose breaks require surgery. So a person can be out, you know, good three months, dude, easily. Beetlejuice says, I'd like to see Connor drop down a weight class again and see how he does there. I think the best Connor was at featherweight, but I don't see Connor making featherweight ever again in his life. That's just me. Martial Smartest says, hit F if you trade martial arts or sports in general. F for me. Um, Street Heat says, he's too old to drop a weight class. He'd be better go he'd be better going up to 170. Yeah, but 170, dude, he can't. I agree with you. He can't drop anymore. But at 170, it's it's a different animal altogether. One, uh, he's struggling at lightweight. You know what I mean? Like, you can beat anyone on any given day uh, because he's just got that power and he's a fantastic fighter. But the Connor that ran through featherweight is not the Connor at lightweight. Um, Marshall Smarter says, no, Usman starts his cut to 170 from 196. That's starting his cut, not off-season weight. There's some big boys there, man. Beetlejuice says, did... Dustin let Connor guillotine him. I'm not a grappler jiu-jitsu guy, but was Connor's guillotine working or was Dustin positioning him knowing he wasn't in danger? There was no guillotine there. And the other problem with that is the way that you're guillotining, um, without a high elbow guillotine in that position, meaning like without you putting your, your elbow up, um, it's easier for Dustin to pass the guard and harder for you to regain the guard because there's nothing between you and the the other guy's shoulder. So the defense for the guillotine is for Dustin to bring... So if I'm guillotining you with my right arm, right? So my right arm is under your chin. Your defense is to push your right elbow down and into me, your right shoulder, I'm sorry, down and into me and pass to your right, right? That's, that's what, and that's basically what Dustin was doing. And without the high elbow, it becomes... Unless you're a freak, you know, really good jiu-jitsu guy and the other guy is not that clued on, but the guillotine from that position is pretty simple to defend, you know? And if the guillotine's not your submission and a guy's double-legging you, 
don't go for guillotine. If the submission, if guillotine's your submission, you hit guillotines, the rest of it, you've got a good guard and you've got great guard retention, which Connor does have pretty good guard retention. I'll give him that. Um, but no, there was no real guillotine threat there. No. Um, NG says, hi, Fab, not UFC 264 related, but do you think that New South Wales lockdown will negatively impact Rob's preparation for Izzy? How do MMA athletes work around these restrictions? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know uh, what Rob's doing or if it will impact him. I don't think it will because generally you're just training a bubble. So you, it's not like you have, I don't know, 40 people you're going to be cycling through. You're going to have a small team. Um, I don't know Rob's what, what he's doing with his training regime, but I'm imagining you're going to already have uh, a group of people that you train with and they're the group of people you're going to train with, you know what I mean? And they're going to be in that bubble. So I don't, I don't think that's going to affect him too much, no. I think that he's going to look very, very good in this fight. I think he's got a lot of momentum heading into this fight. I think Israel's fantastic. It's going to be a cracker, but I do predict that Robert Whittaker win. David Walter says he wouldn't beat Volkanovski even if he dropped down. He couldn't keep up with his pace. I have to tend to agree with you. Um, the problem with Volkanovski as well, he's got a good chin. and hits hard himself, you know? And he's clever with his stand-up. I'd say overall, and this won't be popular with people, and I said this before, I said it at lightweight, I said Dan Hooker I think will be a horrible matchup for McGregor. Everyone said, no, blah, 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 blah. Now everyone will say, yeah, Dan Hooker will beat McGregor. And I think as a striker, as an overall striker, I think Volkanovski is a better overall striker than McGregor. Um, is he a better boxer? I don't think so. You know, But I think Volkanovski is very clever with how he does it. I don't think, I don't think McGregor beats the version of Holloway that is today, you know, because McGregor, I think, spent three years or so not fighting all the time, you know what I mean? Whereas these guys like Holloway, he's got a good chin, he's improved a hell of a lot, and if he gets McGregor out of those two, three rounds, he's also, McGregor, no, not keeping up with, with Holloway at all at Featherweight anymore, I don't think. I don't think he keeps up with um, Volkanovski either, you know? I think with Volkanovski, it's a little bit even more dangerous because of that that range. And people are going to say, Volkanovski's got super long arms. He doesn't have super long arms. He's not an orangutan. When they do the reach, they do wingspan, right? And Volkanovski's short. He does have pretty long arms for a little guy, but he's fucking broad. He's so broad. He's like a, he's like a middleweight that you chop his arms and legs off, you know? And... Uh, that will be a little bit dangerous if they were to fight theoretically. But after that, I, Volkanovski is a little tank, dude. And he's got, he's a diesel engine too. You know, you just keep going and going. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's different. David Walter says, Connor is so overrated. It's not even funny. I think this is overrated is a funny term, you know, because I don't necessarily think he's overrated per se by, by like, by me, you know what I mean? Um, I think that he has fans that just can't, they can't be objective. I think objectively, Connor is, is a very, very good fighter. Um, that left hand is absolute death. You know, it's absolute money. It's not unbeatable. Um, he's a, he's, he's actually a, a, a decent grappler. You know, he's a, he's a very good grappler, but he's not what, people say he is you know and that's that's um 
you know, the, the, some of his fans are, uh, I think, a little bit delusional, you know, like, whereas I, I think he's a fantastic fighter and I love watching him fight, but I just don't think, like, he is what his fans think he is. That's all. That's not his fault either, by the way. Um, Lean McHungry says, McGregor's fights are still very exciting, but his sparkling wit has gone flat. He's now a nasty nutter. That was one thing that I found really, dude, what the fuck was up? And I'm not criticizing Joe Rogan because I, I, I'm sure that that he was told to do it. But what the fuck was up with it? In fairness, like, you know, like the rant, the rant at the end made me feel sorry for, for McGregor, like the shit that he was saying. Cause I, I was thinking, like, man, like that, that's, it's so sad to hear someone saying all the stuff that he's saying and the way that he was saying it. He, he sounded like, like some sort of like Lord of the Rings, like, like a Smeagol kind of thing, like, yelling out to, to Dustin, you know, saying stuff about his wife. And that it was so sad, you know, but I was thinking like, why would you interview him? He's, he's got a compound fracture of his fucking leg, man. He's, his bone almost came out of his skin. Like, yeah, he's, he's yelling shit in there. Just leave him, man. Leave him. I, I can't hate on McGregor too much for the stuff he said, because I don't think you should put a microphone in that guy's mouth when he's snapped his legs like that. You know what I mean? Um, cause I'd probably say all sorts of shit too, if that was my situation. And then you say, Hey Fab, you know what you said to me? Blah, blah, blah. Like, come on, man. Like that was pretty, pretty crazy. You know that I don't wish that break on anyone, man. Um, Matthew Humby says my mate was yelling McTapper when he had Dustin in that headlock. It was golden. Um, now the guillotine wasn't on, man. Dan Goldstein says if Dustin beats Oliveira, I can so totally see Uncle Dana giving Connor an instant rematch and for the title a year down the track. 100%, dude. 100%. Randy's laughing. I'm not exactly sure what Randy's laughing at. JTJT says, hey, Fab, I think Connor needs to be to do bone density scan. The guy's so old now, he's probably got osteoporosis. <laughs> um, Street Heat says, regardless of the break, Dustin was destroying Connor. What saved Connor was time and the broken leg. Um, it, it was, dude, it, it it was a really, really, really good performance by Dustin. Like, a really good performance. I was very, very impressed with him, you know. Um, and I don't know if the UFC just going to keep Connor and him going until Connor wins. Because to me, it was a very decisive win. It wasn't even, it wasn't even like you can say to me, he was boxing Dustin up and Dustin was all over the place, almost out. Connor threw a leg kick. And Dustin checked it and it broke. That's not what happened, man. Um, and even if that happened, you still lost. Do you get what I mean? You might not want to lose that way, but you still lost, man. Like, if I if I have a job interview, man, and I get a flat tire and I miss the job interview, I miss the job interview. That, that's it. Or meeting or whatever. Um. So, yeah, uh, Pip Dennison says, hey, Hefe, sorry I'm late. Thank you for being here, my friend. Street Heat says, Dustin would have knocked Connor out in the second round. Maybe, maybe not. Like, but he was winning, man. Like, this, it's not, it's, it is what it is. Uh, NG says, do you think fighters can train to check leg kicks with elbows or is it too dangerous, i.e. risk of forearm fracture or if you get it wrong? Um, you don't, it's not the same, you know, it's not the, like, but if you kick, if you kick someone and they're, and they, you hit their elbows or something, your foot hits their elbow just below the elbow, you're going to break your foot. You know, so people, you know, 
you want to hit elbows and knees, you know? Like, if I'm the guy checking, I want them to kick my elbows and knees just below the elbow, just below the knee. Um, you don't want you don't want to go shin to shin. You don't want any of that stuff. So it's also like a lot of the times people don't understand. Guys get, um, Stuart McKinnon said this to me and it made a hundred billion percent sense. When the guy kicks your legs, you don't want to go and stick your shin out. So you go on shin to shin. You throw, you, you lift your, Stuart McKinnon, for those that don't know, is pretty much one of the baddest dudes on the planet for kickboxing. He's a bad, bad man, man. Um, Definitely one of the best guys in Australia. So when you when you check, you want to do it so that you're like putting your leg out at a right angle almost. It feels like you're going to miss his his foot his leg, but you actually catch his foot on your shin. So sometimes people are sliding out with their arms, and their whole body sliding out. And when you're kicking, you might catch your foot on their on their elbow. But you do not want like when they kick full force, you put your hand up like this. And take it on the arms, it's not gonna go well, man. On the arms are gonna break. You want to slide out of the way if you can. Michael DeSantis says, Coach Fab, God forbid, what's the worst injury in MMA that can happen to a fighter? A lot of people say a leg break during a match. I don't know, to be honest. I'm asking you because you know this sport by heart. Death is up there. <laughs> Fucking brain damage, death. Excluding that, I think um getting spiked on your head and your neck breaking. That one's bad. The the um, anything to do with your brain, I think brain and 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 central nervous system, like your spine, anything there, I think is really really horrendous. And um, you know that can be death or, or, or paralyzed, or or you can get hurt later. You know, in life, you might not see it right there and then, but you know it's some scary shit. Watch on the on our podcast here the James Tahuna one and the Willie Tonga, Willie. Tonga. Um, both of those guys talk about the head trauma that they've received in their careers, in their respective careers, one in rugby league, the other one, James Tahuna, was a very, very tough man for in the UFC. Um, Willie Tonga was played for the Australian rugby league team. Willie Tonga's been knocked out, he told me on the podcast, 70 times at least, he said, in rugby league. And you know, now he's a bit younger than me. And he's losing his memory and a whole bunch of stuff, you know. So that to me is the scariest injuries, you know. Anything to do with the brain, it's scary. Having I've never suffered anything like that myself, but having gone through really, really bad anxiety and a really bad bout of a mental health situation myself, it's um when your brain is not when you're not you and you can tell you're not you anymore, which luckily for me, mine didn't last that long, but and it had nothing to do with trauma. But when you, you've done damage to your brain and you, you're cognizant of the fact that you did damage to your brain and you can't, you can't reverse it, that to me is the scariest thing. I can't even think that. Your neck, and then, yeah, okay, the tibia and fibula breaks and that, but you, they're, they're going to heal, you know? Um, jab, cross, hook, uppercut says, is a stress fracture even detectable? Um. It depends. I mean, if you got a bone scan, yes, you would. It would be detectable. I think, though, what I was saying more with kind of having a stress fracture of that nature would be more like I find it hard to believe that if you had a stress fracture of that nature, then the repetition of the kind of stuff you're doing in MMA 
um, in MMA training, the pivoting, the twisting, the, the jumping, the kicking that you're doing on a daily basis, um, that it didn't come up earlier, you know, that, that, a, you know, break didn't happen earlier. Maybe, like, like I said, I don't, I don't think it's, it's impossible, but I find it hard to, for it to have happened like that. Um, so yeah, like it is detectable, but if you do scans or whatever, yeah, hundred percent, you'll, you'll be able to, de to detect it. And I think that with the amount of funding that Connor has behind him, any kind of um, abnormality or any kind of discomfort that he would feel in uh, in his bones or anything like that, or in his legs or anything, uh, he should get a get a scan or something like that. You know, so I, I don't know that that it would have got all the way through. You know, Street Street Heat says you can't condition yourself for leg kicks in two months like Connor did. It takes years to condition your leg kicks. Um, yes, I agree. I don't know that they kind of just conditioned himself in, in, two, in two months. I don't know this. But I, I, all I will say is that, yeah, you know, not just conditioning. The conditioning is one thing, but it's implementing it into your game so that you're, you're kicking at the right times. It's not, it's not how hard you kick. It's, it's where you kick and when you kick. That's the biggest thing. Timing it correctly. Is imperative to your health, man. Um, and that requires a lot of work. SCB says UFC is going to have a difficult time balancing how they market Connor now. If they give him a title shot, they announce they are not credible. If he receives a Diaz trilogy, he becomes a gimmick. I really don't think the UFC cares, man. If the if it sells, it's going to go. Hanoi Tripper says, Fab, have had you ever heard of shoes before? I'm in Vic. And have never seen him until Bam Bam came along. Is it a Sydney thing? It's Shoeys, sorry. Um, no, <laughs> I I've never like I never seen a Shoey before Bam Bam. Maybe in rugby league and rugby union circles, maybe thing. And and I grew up in like Southwest Sydney as well. I'm a bit older than Bam Bam, I'm like maybe 14, 15 years older. I'm sure people did Shoeys, but I I've never come across them. Um. Jay says, hi, Fab, big love from NZ. Would it be nasty of UFC to feed Hardy to Tuffer for this for his next fight? Dude, you got to see as well, I'm with Tuffer on that one as well. I think Tuffer bashes him. But Tuffer had some problems with in his last fight. You know what I mean? It was a tough fight. Um, it was a close fight, you know, the last fight that the Tuffer had, and he lost a, a close fight. Um, I think Tuffer beats him. Soundly, but Greg Hardy's a big dude, man. Don't underestimate. You know, he's a big dude. I don't know. I think Tuffer beats him, but I, I, I wouldn't give him, if I was a UFC, I wouldn't give Greg Hardy Tuffer after he just got knocked out by Bam Bam. No, that's not who you'd want to give him. Um, and I think Tuffer wins it. Um, nickname says, what do you think about John Kavanagh's statement that he saw nothing of concern in regards to Connor's performance prior to the leg break? Personally, I thought Dustin was dominating the fight. I, I can't, I can't speak on it, dude, because only you know your fighter, you know what I mean? Like, you know your fighter. I, I don't know. Like, who am I to, to criticize another coach's, um, perspective on their own fighter that they know better, you know? Um, also, you can only go on what 
your fighter can do. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't, you can't like, I mean, he went out there and he did have, he did have some success on the feet. You know what I mean? He did have some success on the feet. He did get back up to to his feet. Um, granted, not as quick as I would have liked him to to get to his feet, but he did get back up to his feet with um, with, uh, from from Dustin, you know, and he he did end the round prior to the leg break on his feet. So I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I'm I'm saying to you like you can only ask of your fighter what he can do. So you can't just you know because the, the reality is if Conor had landed a left hand flush and knocked Dustin down. Everybody would be like, "That is the best. He's the best. Dustin shit, and Connor's the best." So, yeah, that's 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 all I got to say on that one. I'm I'm not really um, big on criticizing the coaches and that. I think that that's. I heard the other day a commentator comment saying, "Oh, I think that um, who was it? Omari oh, Akhmedov was fighting Brad Tavares, and and the commentator, and I don't blame." I'm not criticizing the commentator either because they've got a fucking job to do. You know what I mean? Um, but one of the things that they said was, I think it's a coaching error that um, Omari loads up so much on his shots. And I think, how do you know that that's a coaching area error? How do you know that that coach hasn't fucking told Omari 1,000 fucking million times, don't load up? And Omari says, yes, coach, no problems, coach. And they worked on it and worked on it. But when he's in there, he just fucking does that, dude. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's hard to say that something is a coaching error, you know? Like, so without you knowing, I let this, there's certain things that are absolutely 100%, but you don't know what goes on in a fight camp. You don't know the conversations and you can only ask of your fighter what he's able to do. You know, you can't say to Connor, why don't you fight like Daniel Cormier and out wrestle Dustin Poirier? Like he's, he's not, you know? And if he landed a left hand, if he fucking landed one of his left hands flush, then we'd be having a different conversation today. And Jay says, also, you see Kai Kara Francis booked to fight Cody Gabrant. <laughs> Mate, that's going to be a fucking bomb burner. Um, Kai Kara France hits hard, dude, as well. He hits hard for a flyweight. Uh, Street Heat says, Connor actually did a smart thing promotionally in for UFC 264. Connor has made himself a villain, so now the world wants to see destroyed in fights. He's taken a page out of Jake Paul's book. Yeah, I mean, when people say that, man, I think like you can promote fights and you can promote fights, you know? Like, I I don't I don't know. I don't like when people say shit about people's families. I don't like that. You know, I think that that starts to get to a point where it's pretty honestly, I find it really disgusting, to be honest with you. And I think it affects people that have nothing to do with the game, you know, like um, when you're saying stuff about kids' mums, or you're saying stuff about, you know, indirectly you're saying stuff about a family. I don't know if Dustin's got kids. I don't know if his kids go to school, you know, and the kid's going to, now you're, you're, you're creating a situation for people to say shit to some little kid at school. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so people say stuff about his mum to him at school that kids got nothing to do with any of your shit, you know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, you can promote stuff and you can still be the villain, but there's, there's shit that I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't really, um, I can't clap, you know, I can't go, oh, that's a really good promotion because I, I just don't understand where it ends, you know what I mean? 
Um, I don't really promote like xenophobic shit, racist stuff, and all, all that kind of stuff. Like some of the stuff that was said to Khabib and that. I, I just I, I can't because I can promote like if I go out there and say some really awful stuff. Yeah, I could right now. I could make my podcast jump, you know, massively by saying all sorts of outlandish stuff, you know, and people are going to go, well, do you hear what that guy said? He said, A, B, C, and D and blah, blah, blah. And it's just not, it's just not what I believe in. Like it's got nothing. I, I don't, I understand that if I did that, it would, yeah, skyrocket, but there's just shit you don't say or do. Marshall Smarter says, I had a septoplasty from an old injury. The surgery was okay, but it was a week with the sponges in the nose and a good month before I felt quasi comfortable getting hit in the nose. Well, there you go. And that's quasi comfortable, you know what I mean? Um, Roger V says, "Will McGregor ever be the same? Uh, the same as what when he was running through flyweight featherweight?" I find it hard to to see that, you know, because he also this is I always speak about this. He also loses a little bit of mechanical advantage. I think he's more hydrated and he's bigger and he's stronger, you know. But the guys at at lightweight. Their guys like Hooker, Dan Hooker, for instance, he could go up and fight at welterweight. That Dustin Poirier could go up and fight at welterweight. Would they do as well? No, because they lose some of that mechanical advantage. Hooker at lightweight is he's like my size, you know what I mean? Like he's a big lightweight. And like he's obviously in shape. I'm fucking soft as a Twinkie filly. But um yeah, like he's he's they're they're big guys, you know. And McGregor at featherweight is was you know, he's got long, he's not as tall as me, you know, I've, I've met him, he's got, he's not as tall as me, but he's he's got long arms, and he's he's a big guy for the featherweight division, at lightweight, he's as big as the lightweights, so he loses a little bit of that mechanical advantage, you know, um, Marshall Smartest, this is very philosophical, none of us are ever the same, bro, which is true. Alexander says, hi, coach. What would your game plan be if you were McGregor's coach versus Dustin? Again, like, I, I think that it's, 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 you're not, I'm not saying you're disrespectful, but I think it is disrespectful to, you know, come in and say, this is what McGregor's coach should have said. I, I've met John Kavanaugh. I trained with him, you know, for about three, about six weeks in Ireland, about 2008 or something. And they were very hospitable. And John Kavanaugh is a very knowledgeable guy, man. He's not, He's not a doofus, man. He knows he knows what he's doing. I think that they came out with with an interesting game plan. I think that one of the things that I'd called earlier was um, him switching to orthodox and throwing that front kick down the middle, and he did that. And he attacked Dustin with leg kicks, you know. Um, so I, I don't I don't think that that the game plan was bad. It's just sometimes you lose fights, dude. And I think people don't understand that people don't understand you can have a good game plan you can have a shit game plan and win you can have a good game plan and win you got to implement your game plan but the other guy has a game plan too it's not like dustin poirier doesn't know what to do so at the end of the day man you, you got to get down and, and fight daniel cormier said it the best you know like you can have all of those things but at the end of the day what people don't tell you is that you got to bite down on your mouth guard and fight you know and on mcgregor knows this poirier knows this but a lot of the fans don't know this a lot of the fans think that Oh no! If he had done this or he had done that, you know, and it's kind of disrespectful to his coaches because when Kavanaugh got him, not got him because McGregor's super talented as well. But when when they worked together and they went on that mad run through featherweight, 
everyone loved him, you know, and you know he's not he's not it's not it's not his fault, you know what I mean? It didn't look to me like the game plan was terrible. Um, I I don't like this is me personally. I don't like that he jumped guillotine, but I don't know. And this is what I was saying even when I was watching the fight. I was like, I don't know why he's doing that, and I don't know why he's not getting up. I don't know if he was already feeling something in his leg. You know, I don't know if he felt something in his leg and it didn't allow him to get up the way he wanted to or to defend a takedown the way he wanted to, and that's why he went for the guillotine. I don't know any of these things. So to 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 say this is what they should have done is is insane. Um, I'm skipping a couple, guys. Alex says, hey, Coach Fab, I'm not sure if it's been asked before, but why did you change the name of the show? Um, I was going to change the name of the show before, um, but then the if you guys remember, the, 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 the show got hacked and somebody deleted it. And so I just, um, we were get, then I was going to start a whole new podcast anyways. And so we'd already got this started. So I said, you know what, let's just change it now and just change it to the fair one. Um, yeah. Roger V says, how do you see McGregor versus Ferguson playing out? I, I think that, um, McGregor would win that just because dust, uh, Ferguson gets hit a lot and, uh, McGregor hits hard. Do you know what I mean? You can't take too many of his shots. That's all things being equal. Christian A says Connor landed 43 of 54 strikes. Dustin 36 of 66 strikes landed. I believe that's what you're saying. Yeah, I I I don't know what those statistics mean, but if you can you elaborate a little bit on them? Because I'm not exactly sure. Um Christian A says two judges had this at 10-8. I'm just a casual, but am I missing something? Yeah, I don't know exactly what you mean. Is that the like Connor throw fifty four strikes and land forty three, and Dustin land through sixty six and landed thirty six? Is that what you mean? Because if that's what you mean, I think somebody fucked up the count because Dustin landed some bombs on the ground. Like, um, he he landed bombs on the in the ground and pound. Like I don't know. Like a lot of times that doesn't that the. The way that people count the strikes, it's it's not it's the other thing you gotta understand, even with the strikes, a guy like McGregor comes in, he doesn't even have to throw a strike. The you're so wary of his left hand. You know, there's so much work being done there. So don't read too much into those into those statistics. Two judges had this a 10-8 round. I I can see a 10-8 round there because like I I don't know that I would give it a 10-8. I don't know that I would give it a 10-8 round because um, McGregor had moments on his feet. But, man, Dustin was close to finish. Well, he finished the fight. But with the ground and pound, he fucking ground and pounded him, man. He, he gave it to him. And he dropped him right at the end, right? So the judges have to – this is the thing. Judges get a, a shit run as well because people like to talk about a great controversy. But as a judge, you can only judge and score what you saw, not what you think you saw. You know, so. You can't, you're not judging going, oh, he dropped him. Oh, maybe he broke his leg. At the end of that round, he broke the leg. What the judges would have seen is Dustin beat the shit out of him on the ground and then drop him with a left hand or a right hand, whatever it was. They wouldn't have seen that 
he broke his leg. So if, if that's a score that they submitted, then yeah, I can see a 10 8, man. That would be a 10 8. Say he hadn't say he hadn't broken his leg and Dustin had dropped him with that with that hand, I would give that a 10 8 for sure. They're, take him down, ground and pound him, get up and drop him with a with a shot. This is a 10 8 round. But um if you give it a 10 9 round, yeah, I I okay, you know. Because McGregor did some nice work at the start, I can give that a 10-9 as well. It's a tough job, dude. It's a tough job. Some judges don't know shit. There are, there are, there are events, but it's nowhere near the amount that people say. Like, if you look at it honestly, most of the time they get it right. You know, like it's it's not a fucking easy thing. You know, people like to talk about it, people like to uh, give controversy, uh, people like to shit on people. That's like a human hobby. But the reality is, there are there are fights that I watch, and I think, dude, were you watching the same fight as me? Because that that's not what happened. There's been fights that we've been watching like together, and I see the the the, the winner, and I start talking about something else because I'm like, so and so won. That's it. Da da da. And I look back and I think, how the fuck did you give it to that guy or girl? But um, it's a tough job, dude. You can't call what you think you called, and you don't have the benefit of hindsight. So I can see ten eights for sure, for sure. Stainless stove, thank you, sir. What a champion! Says nice surprise to see us to see a stream pop up. Did you do you find fighters often perform better when they are comfortably themselves? It seemed like Connor was trying to tell him to tell himself an angry persona would help. He's an interesting thing. When people say that, how do you know what that fighter is? You know what I mean? Like, how do you know that he's a nice guy? How do you know that he's a bad guy? How do you know that he's a mean guy? How do you know that he's an angry guy? How do you know which persona is that actual fighter? You know what I mean? Like a lot of the times, like people don't know, you don't know, you only know one side of your best friend, if you know what I mean. Not always, but you get what I'm saying. Um, so I I don't know. I think Connor plays a lot of personas and he does a good job of doing that. And I think that is actually him playing personas. Um, we're going to get into a deep philosophical, psychological conversation here because it's like, is you know, is he like one of those method actors that has gotten lost in his method acting? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know him. I've met him, but I don't know him. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Um, sorry, Connor just made his name in the featherweight. This is from Roger V. Connor just made his name in the featherweight class. His power ne never really translated to lightweight, I guess. No, his power did train. Like you saw him, the way he dropped Diaz at, at, when they fought at welterweight, which was really lightweight. Like his power's there, but you're hitting bigger guys. Do you get what I mean? And um, he didn't go through that run. He didn't. He did not have that run at lightweight. There's no two ways about it. He fought Alvarez and boxed Alvarez ears off. That was that was a really really good performance. You know, that was a really good performance. But um. Yeah, he didn't have the run that he had at featherweight. That's all. And Connor at featherweight was fantastic. SCB says takedowns, controlling space, maintaining an, an advantageous position. The judges are all viewing these things as a whole rather than just strikes. Um, yeah, to a certain extent, the the main thing is damage. Uh, when we've been at the back, Big John McCarthy, the what the biggest thing that they look at is damage, and by far the the damage that occurred in that fight was done by Poirier. So. Um, those things, the takedowns are controlling space, maintaining an advantageous position. Those things are only judged in the absence of damage. 
right? So um, if you, this is not me. This is from John McCarthy saying it to my face before I don't know how many fucking fights that I've cornered, not just Rob, other fighters that I've cornered. Um, so in the absence of any damage, say you and I fight and there's no damage and I take you down, the judges are going to score it. You know, just because I, I was the aggressor and I pushed the fight. But that doesn't happen in a fight. The, they're, what they're looking for is damage. So theoretically, there's not actually any anything scored for the actual takedown because you just changed the, the playing field from vertical to horizontal. Um, but what generally happens is the guy on top is being advantageous and is getting the shots off. That's the reality. Um, so that's generally how they're looking at it you know what i mean um that's generally how they're looking at it so you are right scb but that's only in the absence of damage damage runs a show my my toby says in an imaginary fight and that's not me dude so don't argue with me this is mccarthy saying it to me my toby says in an imaginary fight i'd like to see connor versus izzy or connor versus wonder boy i don't think like Connor's striking is good, but Izzy striking is is like like legit best in the world, like one of the best strikers in the world. Um, and Wonder Boy's right up there too. I'm talking about overall striking. Connor's striking is is whilst it's good, it's not that level of striking like a Wonder Boy or a or a um especially like Wonder Boy, I believe, has lost a little bit of a step, but like a Wonder Boy like a few years ago, like dude, that guy He's so silky the way he moves, you know, and he's a sniper. And is Israel is Israel, you know. So, and it's hard to say because they're, they're completely different weight classes. I think Connor's very, very dangerous, but again, he's very dangerous in those early rounds. Whereas both Israel and Wonder Boy are dangerous throughout the fight. Matthew Humsby says, Your wolf's in my DMs. Uh, Triple Seven says he will be out for a year at least. So by that time, anything could happen. Dustin could fight three times in that fight. Yeah, I don't know how long he'll be out for, man. You know, there's complications with those type of things, like with infections and all sorts of shit. I've had friends had plates put into their 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 legs and that, and it's or and arms, and it's not. You know, it's not. Sometimes it's it's all good, but other times you get infections and all sorts of shit. Um, Street Heat says Connor is interesting. Sorry, I just skipped a few. Sorry, guys, I just skipped it by accident. Sorry, guys, I just I missed somebody. I, I'm going to actually um, miss a few people be just because of there's so many people asking. Um, okay. Okay, Chris Jarrett says, that aside and purely hypothetical, how do you think a second round might have gone if the leg break didn't happen? Well, traditionally, Connor's best round's always been the first. He's always hurt people badly in the first and finished them in the second or just finished them in the first. And I think that that was like not, not a good first round for him, man. I don't, I, he's always got that power in that left hand, but I, I don't think he was going to knock Dustin out in that second fight, in that second round. I think the odds would have been in, incredibly in Dustin's favor, you know. Um, 
Have I been watching tough? If so, what's your opinion on Ortega and Volk's coaching? I don't know. I don't know Ortega, but I do know Volkanovski. I know him. Like I've worked with him and that, and he's smart and very, very, very like very clever with his coaching. I haven't been watching the the Ultimate Fighter, but he's a good. He'd be. He'll be a good coach later in his life. Like the, the conversations I've had with him and that, he's very, very fucking smart. He was on the show twice. He's been on the show twice. Um, and yeah, watch the last one that he that he the, the last podcast I did with him. And you see, like he's 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 smart, dude. He's real smart. Um, okay. Keenan said, "Connor's sorry, guys, if I've missed some questions. Hey, there's just so many questions coming through." Keenan Milham says, "Connor's run at featherweight also didn't start by fighting contenders at the top of the division. One hundred percent true. His career at lightweight has been really disrupted. The Connor that fought Alvarez came off activity. I agree. I agree with everything you said." You are a fucking genius, Keenan. No, all 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 jokes aside, no, one thousand percent aside, one thousand percent right. Um, Salah says Khabib says Dustin beats Connor hundred out of a hundred times. Well, he's wrong because he's already lost him once. You think that's the true state of where they are right now? Personally, I can't argue against it. When Connor's losing rounds, he's supposed to win ten eight. Um, yeah, but Connor can always hit hard, dude. And he can always put anyone out in that first round. Anyone. Homeless in America says, who you got, Rob versus Izzy 2? I mean, it'll be a close fight, but I think, I mean, it might not be a close fight. You don't know. You know what I mean? Like, the two guys that hit hard, but I think Rob, I think Rob will win. I, I just think he's got momentum going into it as well. Israel has momentum as well. Um, but yeah, the momentum's a big thing, you know? And I think Rob has the momentum. And I think he he's got all the tools to win. And so, so does Israel. But if you ask me, I just honestly, if you ask me, I, I do think Rob will beat him. Um that's just me, you know. Suyeb says Charles versus Dustin is an interesting fight. I feel like Charles has better Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu, but Dustin's better boxing and Charles lacks a bit of head movement. Yeah. There is there is some truth to that. There is some truth to that. The jujitsu is not close. I'm telling you right now, the jujitsu is not close. Like, like Charles Jujitsu is fucking good. You know, really, really good. Um, it's interesting. I think the durability factor as the fight progresses is a big one for Dustin, and he loves that. Ding Dong Dao says, "What would the game plan have been for Rob if he ended up fighting Bisping to unify the belt?" Um, I can't really talk on game plans like that necessarily because that fight didn't really eventuate. Like it was ne never really happened, you know, like it wasn't a thing. But the problem there is that I I think that Rob is, uh, with all due respect to Bisping, and, I, and when I say this, when I say this, don't, it doesn't mean that they can't match up differently against different people. This is a different thing. But against each other, I see Rob, it's kind of like the Gastelum fight where everything that Gastelum does, Rob does better. You know, that doesn't mean that Gastelum can't do better against somebody else and than, than Rob did. But just against each other, it's it's kind of that, you know. It was it's also like Weidman versus Romero. Like Weidman looked really, really good, but he was fighting a guy that the things that Weidman does best, Romero is better wrestler, you know? So I kind of lent towards R Romero in that fight and, and Romero did win um, because of what I just said. Like it is, 
it's that, you know, you're, you're fighting a guy that does everything better than you. And I think that Rob does things better than Bisping, you know. Uh, I think he's a little faster. I think he hits a little harder. I think he's wrestling and grappling is a little better. And he's, Rob's cardio and strength is fucking up there, you know. And they're all the things that Bisping's going to try and do. And uh, he's not, he's not going to outmuscle Rob. He's not going to outgrapple Rob. He's not going to outstrike Rob. He's not going to out cardio Rob, you know. Um, and that's, that's just the way I, I don't see outside of Bisping landing a shot flush on Rob, which he could do. He's a good fighter. He's a great fighter. He's a fantastic fighter. I'm a big fan of Bisping. But outside of that, I don't, I don't see how he would beat Rob. I really don't. Like, Rob's, like I said, a faster, stronger, bigger version of Bisping, you know. That's the thing. Do I think that Khabib took Connor's soul? I think, I think Khabib beat Connor, man. Like, there was not, it wasn't, you know, again, outside of Connor stopping him in the first two. I don't know. Watch, rewatch that fight again. I don't know how people think that Connor won the third. You know, he did better in the third than he did in the first, second, and fourth, but he didn't win the third. Um, and the glove, the grabbing of the gloves, I don't know how the ref didn't see that because the where the angle that I was watching it from is because Connor held on to that glove heaps of times in the third round, so Khabib couldn't get off. The I'm watching it from the angle that I'm watching it, there's the 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 the, the camera, the referee, and then the fighters. So the referee's looking straight at the glove grab. And I'm watching it, and I'm saying he's grabbing his glove, man. So yeah, I don't know. Um, Marshall Smarter says, if anyone is considering taking their training to the next level, whether physical coaching or mental coaching, a consultation with Coach Fab is a thousand percent worth it. I've got a ton of info. Hey, man, thank you so much, man. It was cool talking to you, man. You're a champion, and I wish you the very best with everything that you're doing. I've got your follow up. Um, email that i've got to send to you and i will be sending that to you probably tonight or tomorrow and then if something's not clear you get a 15 minute com consultation we'll have another chat about it but if everything's cool then you know all good but um thank you so much man and i appreciate the shout out man i really do um homeless in america okay Triple Seven says, now nah, my theory is he wanted to go viral and get as many pay-per-view buys as possible so he talked the most shit and got angry Everyone wanted to see Angry Connor. Maybe. Um, Omar A says, Bisping is the flukiest champ in history. Not, man, not really, dude. He went in there, threw that left hook, and he caught him. You know what I mean? It wasn't, again, it wasn't like he, he, he fucking, and, and there were, that left hook wasn't something that just happened. Like, you can tell that he'd been sneaking that left, left hook over the shoulder. Funnily enough, when Rob was preparing for, um, or Rockhold, that was one of those things that we wanted to do was throw that left hook over the shoulder because Rockhold retreats and throws a check hook because he's a tall guy. Um, he he kind of retreats, but he retreats with his head up and he throws that that check hook and and he's he's, he's successful with it, you know. Um, so the the goal was exactly what Bisping did was what we'd always been talking about with Rockhold as he throws it to under and throw that left hook both rob and bisping throw that left hook really well so i don't think it was a fluke you know what i mean chill says hey fab do you think colby covington really makes the most sense for the next title fight 
Does he have the best chance again against Usman? I think Burns looks better in comparison. Nah, I think I think I, I disagree. I think Colvington, yeah. I I the only problem is that Colvington isn't hasn't really been active, you know. But um yeah, I I I, I want to see it. I want to see it. Uh Salah Ahmed says, is round one Chandler more dangerous striker than Dustin Fab? Fucking dangerous, man. Chandler in that first round, he's got bricks, man. Fucking bricks in his hands, you know? Um, in the first round, yeah, but it's not a, it's not, this is what you also got to remember. It's not a one round five. It's a, it's fight. It's a five round fight, you know? And so that, that, you know, or three rounds at least, and that changes things a lot. Um, I don't see Dustin, funnily enough, I know Dustin beat thing, blah, 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 but he's not. Hooker is more adept at throwing those leg kicks and moving, and he's, he's, he's more mobile than Dustin. I would pick Hooker. I know he lost. I would pick Hooker over, Dust, over Chandler more than I would pick Dustin over Chandler. That doesn't mean that Dustin can't win. Um. But I, I think if they fight, it will go the opposite of how I pick it. Um, I just think that Chandler is very susceptible to that calf kick because of his like wide, narrow stance, very susceptible to it. And Hooker just has a better movement with those calf kicks. And um, he can throw them orthodox. He can throw them southpaw, whatever. Whereas Dustin's a, is, 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 is a, also um, a southpaw which I don't know that it will help him that much against Chandler. But that's but he's very durable man and he lasts and I think that Chandler will fade a little bit against him. So it's an interesting it's an interesting one. Hanoi Tripper says, "Do you think Rockhold would have smashed Chimaev with ease? Do you think uh that he can beat Chimaev?" I I think that I don't know if he would have smashed him with ease. The thing is, man, that again, it becomes a bit of an enigma. These guys are like 40 years old, you know, like um, you're not a 35, 33 year old guy anymore. Um, Chimaev is a young, hungry man, you know, um, but I think that that I, I, I don't think it would have been a good matchup for Chimaev coming up into, um, into that division because Rockhold is a very, 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 very good grappler, you know, and he can strike, you know. So I think that that that'll be that would have been a very tough out for Jamayo. Uh Z Milk says Oliveira subs Poriev is back. That's my prediction. Probably an arm bar or triangle choke. He could. He definitely could do that. Matthew Humby says, oh, <laughs> um, Street Heat says Poirier versus McGregor is equivalent to Holyfield." Versus Tyson. Tyson in later years said he fought angry and bit his ear because he was pissed off that Holyfield was a better fighter. Um, yeah, I mean, he lost those fights. So I can't really say anything about that. Homeless in America says Bisping is a left-handed orthodox and Dustin is a right-handed southpaw. Strange. Don't forget, dude. Like people, like people throw with their right hand. And right with the left, you know, people, you know, there's all sorts of shit like that. So it's hard to say if someone's left-handed or right-handed or what they are, you know. 
Um, Jack Borman says, hey, Fab, who do you think would be a good next opponent for Ty? Olenek. That would be an interesting fight, eh? Olenek. Um, that would be interesting, I think, because Ty definitely has the advantage on the feet and Olenek has the advantage on the ground. I don't know. That would be an interesting one. Um, sorry, guys. I'm skipping a few people. Biddle just says, Rockhold is also a right-handed southpaw. True. He relies on a dominant right lead hook and right kick. Yeah, but he throws a big left kick to to the to the body from southpaw. He loves those kicks as well, you know. Um, and again, I don't know. He might be left again. He might be left-handed for some other things. He might be. He might throw with his left hand if he was to throw a, a ball. Um, he might be left-footed. I don't know. You know, or he might just enjoy fighting in the southpaw sense. Um, skipping a few. Hey, hi Fab. How do you see Gaethje versus Chandler playing out in a five-round fight? I see big problems for Chandler in that Gaethje's durable and that he throws leg kicks um, and that Chandler's susceptible to getting kicked in the legs. But then all the reverse is true in the sense that Gaethje takes damage as well. It still takes damage. And Chandler, you do not want to take damage from Chandler. Uh, Colby versus Burns, winner gets rematched with Usman. That's that's a fight, dude. That's a fucking fight. I got I probably ooh, I was gonna say I lean towards Burns, but I don't know. I don't know. Um Street Heat says Chandler could would beat Gaethje because Gaethje can be very sloppy with his guard. It, there is true, there are some openings there for him. So that that would be a very interesting fight. Um Colby versus Burns makes sense. Ideally, they'd be a co-main for an Usman Edwards card. That's all I'm watching that, man. Triple uh, Seven says, I mix juice in my milk to get flavored milk. Is that weird or common? Weird. But go hard. Keenan Milham says, what's your take on Sean O'Malley? Do you see him as a top five bantamweight? Haven't seen enough yet. I haven't seen him do anything that I already know he, he, that I don't know he can do. You know what I mean? I've Everything I've seen him do, I expected him to do it against the opposition that he's had. Um, when he ran into Cheeto Vera, he wasn't able to do it for whatever the reason, but he wasn't able to do it, you know? So does he beat an Aldo? I don't know, dude, because Aldo's going to kick the shit out of those legs. And Sean O'Malley, aside from whatever's wrong with his ankles or whatever, but he needs movement. He's kind of like Dominic Cruz, different, but like that. They need movement. They move. When you start kicking his legs, even if you don't connect with his legs, he makes him move his legs, in not necessarily in the way that he wanted to. He wants to switch to southpaw orthodox and throw and walk you onto punches. So he can have, throw right hand leads, left hand leads, left high kicks, front kicks. You know, once you're throwing those leg kicks, he can't set his legs where he wants to set them and also change and move. So that's interesting, man. That like it's an interesting one because I do think that. There's there's some big hitters in at bantamweight. Um, Jack C says, will the metal rod implanted in Connor's leg affect him moving forward with his career, or do they remove it once healed? Man, I don't know what effect that's going to have. You know, I don't know. Um, Zed Milk says, O'Malley hasn't even fought anybody ranked yet. He's definitely not top five. Yeah, look, he's got all the potential in the world. I just 
like I said, I haven't seen him fight against anyone that, like, I, 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 I don't, like, I knew he was going to do that to this guy. You get what I mean? Uh, nothing against this the, the dude that he fought. I think he has a heart of a lion, but yeah. Um, well, they write with their lead hand, so it's strange. Most people lead with their non-dominant hand. Yeah, but like I said to you, some people throw a ball with the opposite hand they write with in that as well. There are people like that. Um, okay. Amit says, don't know if it's relevant, but saw Connor wearing alpha flies all training. Those are really unsteady and bad for ankles, if not used only for running. If you had pre-existing injuries in camp, bad choice. Yeah, I, again, I wouldn't read too much into it. Sadiq Yusuf or Bryce Mitchell would be great matchups for O'Malley. They've got to stop feeding O'Malley easy fights. Yes, I agree. I agree, agree, agree. Do I think Mahashev is top five level? Yes. 1,000% yes. 100 billion percent yes. Ian Ma says, R&L dominance is a weird one. I'm right-handed, yet stand southpaw to, prote to protect my left-hand side as it's wrecked. Also ride mountain bike goofy, but switch to orthodox to jump or bunny hop. Yeah, it's it's funny, man. Like, it's it's really, really funny like that, the way that, that, that it works out. You know, and you see that with people with a, like, they surf one way, they skateboard a different way, they ride a bike like that, they eat like this, they write like that. So yeah, that's interesting. It's it's um again, you can't read too much in, into too much stuff, you know what I mean? Because you just go fucking mad, you know what I mean? It's not it's not really um it's not really always applicable, you know. Um uh Moutinho, uh Sorry, I missed something here. Street Heat says, Moutinho, I think, against Maley was a poor fighter. Over 200 hits to the head at 80% accuracy. Herb Dean was correct in stopping the fight. 100% he was correct in stopping the fight. Well, I think that um, that Moutinho did what Moutinho can do. That's, you know, you can't ask more of the guy. Julian Campbell says, what stadium will Izzy and Rob be at? And no idea, man. No idea. Suyab says, people were saying Burns' performance was boring, but I felt like it was a great execution of game plan. People that beat Wonderboy usually have to fight boring. I, I think that he did what he had to do, you know what I mean? And uh, he got the win, you know, which was pretty impressive. Keenan Milham says, do you think there are skills being overlooked with the rise of pure MMA training? Like, will we see styles like Wonderboy, even Rob, once we see, reach a generation of kids who have only trained MMA? I don't know how much people will only train MMA because you you might be you might train you should train boxing and jujitsu and wrestling for instance and you know you've started doing that from from the get go so you're going to see a real rise in that but if you start MMA just MMA I, I don't I don't I, you can't get the depth that you can in wrestling you can't if you just do MMA training. And just grappling, grappling for MMA. A good jujitsu guy, fuck, it won't even matter. They'll get you on the ground. They'll run a fucking train on you, dude. That it will be, you know, you won't be able to keep up with a good wrestler. Like it's a the specialists that build on their on their games are always going to be good. You know, always going to be better. You see guys like like Aaron Pico who fights at um, in Bellator, you know, and he was like a Golden Gloves boxing champion. Um, 
he went he won world cadets as a as a as a cadet for wrestling like high level man high level. those kids like that are fucking dangerous dude those kids are, are really dangerous um ian ma says i wish i could have inserted the rod when i broke my collarbone but i had to wait for my skull neck and back to heal first my collarbone looked like a crazy straw the ct scan is nuts can you post your ct scan ian ma because you, when you talk about it, it sounds insane. L. Yes, Miri says, do you think Connor w could have won without the ankle break? He didn't seem like he was applying as much pressure as he usually does after the first minute or two compared to Diaz Alvarez fights. Um, you can't like. It's like if could I have won if I didn't get knocked out? Like he 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 lost, man. You know what I mean? He lost, and Dustin beat him up prior to the leg break too. Um, I agree with you, Triple Seven. Guys, that'll be it for me. Please join me this weekend for the for the fights. If you haven't already, guys, please hit the like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Um, it was really, really um great having a chat with you all. You know, love doing it. Love you guys so much. Thank you for everything. Um, can you post it to my Instagram? Well, you can post it here. There you go. Um, nah, man, I really, really appreciate everything, guys. I really, really do, man. It was, it's awesome, man. I love doing the podcast. I love doing these these um, com conversations at the end of it. It's really cool, man. And I, I'm just really grateful for you guys for watching the the, the, the show, for um, supporting in any and all ways that you do. And uh, please hit the like, subscribe, hit the notification bell if you haven't already. And please, man, come and see me on Sunday so we can watch the fights together again. And, man, love it. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Bye-bye.